Sunday's conference title games beg some huge quarterback questions. How Jalen Hurts will fare against a fearsome defense. Will Brock Purdy be Mr. Relevant in the biggest game of his life? How will Patrick Mahomes' bad ankles stand up? And how high will the legend of Joe Burrow soar with another trip to the Super Bowl? We have so many questions, and we'll get you all the answers. Monday morning, Sports Center. Get up and first take, starting at 7 Eastern. What a fabulous weekend of football, obviously. We also have the X Games going on tonight, the 26th annual Winter X Games underway. 22nd straight year. They're in beautiful Aspen, Colorado. You will see the Ski Knuckle Huck and the Men's Snowboard Superpipe. Uh, those will highlight our coverage beginning 9.30 Eastern on ESPN and the app. I was very big on the Ski Knuckle Huck, yeah, by the way. Yeah. that was a. I was all stayed in it. I was quite a knuckle hucker back in my day. I, I'm confused. What is that? <laughs> it's one of the many things that those people can do that the rest yeah. of us cannot. I can't. Uh, but I'll, they're doing I'll, it in the most beautiful place in the world in Aspen, Colorado. Try it. So all the action coming your way. Welcome back to another hour of Get Up. We're presented by IHOP, Rusini, Ninkovich, Ryan Clark ready to go. Final four in the NFL this weekend. Let's go to the championship games and we start in the AFC with a rematch of last year's conference title game. Being played in a stadium called Arrowhead, but the Bengals players are renaming it Burrowhead. The trash talk is loud. Listen to some of this. What is it about that Bengals offense that maybe impresses you the most? You played them a few times? Nothing. Okay. Right. <laughs> Willie Gay was asked uh, what impresses him about the Bengals offense today. He said nothing. Willie, the linebacker. Yeah. What's your reaction to that? I ain't got no response to him. We're going to get him. I ain't got no response. I'm here for every word of this, Ryan Clark. What do you think of it? What do you? I don't know who they are. I have no respect for their offense. I mean, is this what are we? What are we hearing here? You know what's uh, extremely funny about this? The the Kansas City Chiefs talk very much like the front runner. They talk very much like the big dog because that's who they are. They're the team that's been to, what, five straight AFC championships. They're the team that's been to two Super Bowls. And so to them, they're the god of the AFC. But the Cincinnati Bengals are like, nah, we've seen y'all three times in the last year, and we've left victorious every time. Also, what I find very interesting about what the Cincinnati Bengals are calling Arrowhead, they aren't calling it like Bengalhead, or they aren't calling it like Cincyhead or Tigerhead. They're specifically talking about their quarterback. And that says a ton to me about a team to think that highly of the dude that pulls the trigger for them, to think that highly of their leader of their captain to know that any stadium we step into with this dude that we're the favorite. We're the team that people should be pointing to. And I'll say this, early on in the season, Justin Reed, who's a good friend of mine, a guy I trained, came out and he was saying, oh yeah, T. Higgins. And Jamar Chase said, well, he needs to watch a little more film. And now Willie Gay is basically saying he doesn't think anything about the Cincinnati Bengals is good offensively. Well, we all know sitting here that that's a lie. Because they got a lot that's good. So much that's good that Bill, uh, Bean, uh, Brandon Bean, uh, the, the, the G for the Buffalo uh, Bills had to come out and say, nah, I don't want to lose enough to get a guy like Jamar Chase because yeah. he knows that they're that special. The, the Kansas City Chiefs are salty. They're salty because they keep getting beat. And when you keep getting beat, you don't want to give respect. When you keep getting beat, you do want to deflect. But they better not deflect on Sunday because if they do, they'll find themselves in the same place that they were a year ago, watching the Cincinnati Bengals host the Lamar Hunt Trophy on their own field. Yeah, again, for those who don't know, Lamar Hunt, the founding 
owner of the of the Kansas City Chiefs. So there's a, an irony in that as well. But you know what, Nico, you make a good point. I think this is important for everybody to hear. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the conventional wisdom here is, oh, the Bengals have their number. They all, and they do. They've beaten them three straight times. But they were all field goal games. I mean, every single one of those games is one play from going the other way. Yeah, they've won three games by nine points. Right. Like, come on. This isn't like blowouts here where you're 14 points, 21 points. These are one-possession games. So, I okay, the confidence is high. Great. But you're still playing a team in the Kansas City Chiefs at home. It's a very tough environment to play. It's not an easy place, and it's not an easy team. So, I, I mean, I'm not a big trash talk guy. I think you should have a little bit more respect between each other because guess what? When you start to throw this stuff back and forth, the trash talk, it starts to become a little personal. And then the game, you're like, okay, what did you say? What did you say? All right, let's, let's, make, let's make sure you know that we are the mm-hmm. Kansas City Chiefs. And, Diana, you're, you have this game for us this weekend. Yeah. So you've been talking them. I, I want to get to the Mahomes ankle in a second, but let's yeah. just start with this element of it, all this sort of trash-talking. Yeah. What, what are you hearing well, as you talk it, to all the people? It's part of it, but, but why are we poking the bear? The Bengals have kept the receipts on everything every single week. They've got T-shirts. They've got slogans. I was in their locker room the last few wins that they've had. They've got the cigars out. They are tighter than ever, and they are rolling. So to act like they think that they're the Chiefs acting like they think the Bengals' offense is just, you know, nothing. I mean, you're basically just exposing your fear of what they can do. And look, Joe Burrow may not have all the flair, and most teams I speak to say the offense is actually kind of boring. But it works, Mm. and that's what I think has made Joe Burrow so good this season is he's okay with just making it work and getting by without all the flair. So no one would ever call the Kansas City offense boring, and that is is largely because their quarterback is so spectacular. But we've got the ankle to deal with. What specifically do we know? All right, let's just dissect some of the video, right? So he was running in stride at practice Mm -hmm. yesterday. That's a really good sign. He's looking better than what we all expected on Sunday when we saw that. So in in terms of the positive information coming out of Kansas City, it's looking good. The big question is going to be, we know he can drop back and throw the ball. But is he going to be able to move outside the pocket? How much pressure can he really, how much weight can he really put on that plant foot? That's his right ankle. That's really going to be the big test. And we're going to figure that out pretty quickly. So so from that video, RC, we've all watched it. You guys, I always say, football players are the closest thing to doctors amongst people who do not have a degree. Are you able to see from from what, what you've been able to see of him on that practice video? Can you tell how healthy you how, how effective you expect him to be able to be on that ankle on Sunday? Absolutely not. You know I hate everything y'all ask me to do about predicting anything anyway. So why would yeah. you ask me to predict how well he's going to play or how good he's going to feel? I'm listening to him, though, and I'm listening to the reports that it's better than his ankle was the last time it was injured this way. I can watch the film and re-watch the game of the second half and see the ways that he maneuvered and he protected himself on an ankle that was freshly injured. And I thought about that adrenaline. And so I did want to see him move around a little bit this week. I wanted to see him walk. See if he had to wear a boot because some of those things are the signs of the severity of the injury. And let's not act like Patrick Mahomes has to be Lamar Jackson or he has to be Jalen Hurts. Patrick Mahomes has to move enough to protect himself. Patrick Mahomes has to be has to be able to move enough to create second play opportunities for Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jet McKinnon. And I believe that he's going to do that. And he can throw a football through a freaking pinhole. So let's not think that Patrick Mahomes, if he 
can't run as well as he normally can is Randall Cunningham or Michael Vick without his legs. He's still the best quarterback in the world. He's still a quarterback who's seen every single offense or defense that you could throw at him, and he will be fine this weekend. But he still has to face Luana Rumo and the Cincinnati Bengals, who beat him on two good ankles and two good legs. That's what we should be worried about more than how injured Patrick Mahomes is. And intercepted him in overtime of the AFC Championship game last year. How does it change the defensive plan, if anything? Well, Talk me through this. Defensively, you want to find out early how is he moving. How does he move in the pocket? How does he avoid pressure? And the one thing I would say about the clip that I saw from practice is he's not up on his toes. And look, my son Everett, he's six, he's six years old, Everett, right. right? I coach flag football, okay? okay? And I tell him all the time, run on your toes. Get up. I want to see you on your toes. Because when you're running on your heels and your heels striking – that ain't fast. So for him, I want to see how does he look in the pocket? Is he getting up? Is he moving well? Is he able to hit his back foot and step up into his throws? Because you saw in the last game when he couldn't push off, just like a pitcher on the mound, they need to push off. You have to push into your throws. So listen, I'm not panicking here, but I would say if you're a defensive coordinator, you're going into this matchup, I want to see how he moves. I'm going to come with some pressure early. If he can avoid it, if he can extend the play, okay, let's go back to our previous game plan. We were all stunned the Jaguars didn't do that much of that. Or we'll come back to this game. Let me go to the NFC game. That's the early game on Sunday. Niners-Eagles in Philadelphia, and, and this one has some classic elements as well. First off, it's the youngest quarterback matchup ever in this round. Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts, they were combined 47 years and 208 days old when the game kicks off on Sunday. Purdy making just the fifth Rookie start ever in a conference championship game. Fifth rookie quarterback to do it. If he makes it to the Super Bowl, he'd be the first rookie starting quarterback ever. And then there's Jalen Hurts. He's 20-3 and three in his career when the Eagles are favored. That's obviously an enormous number. And they are favored in this game. The number has been two and a half, and it's pretty much been there all week long. If it stays there, it will. Uh, the 49ers will be an underdog for just the second time this season. They were a one-point dog against Kansas City back in week seven, and the Chiefs won that game by 21 points for whatever that is worth. So as you look at this one again, I know you're, you're focused in on the AFC game, but as you look at this one, what stands out to you? To me, it's their sack rate. The Eagles sack rate on third down. They're at an 18.2%, right? The rest of the league, 9%. Right. So that's nearly double if you think about that. So this this uh, uh, defense for the Eagles are just going to be ferocious on third down. So Brock Purdy and this offense are going to have to come up with something to try to avoid that pressure. We will dive into them a little bit more. Yeah, you're seeing here these sacks, the 75 sacks that they had this season. They have, including the playoffs, and they dominated uh, Daniel Jones and company last week. Uh, that's far more than anyone else in the league. But you see the question on the screen, and that's where I meant to start, which, which is the other side of the ball. You've got the Eagles on the field, that offense. We've talked so much about Jalen Hurts and what they can do, what are they looking to do against a 49er team, RC, that also wants to rush the passer, particularly with Nick Bosa? Well, I think the first thing you want to do is you want to run the football. And a lot of times you want to put Nick Bosa at the point of attack. And in putting him at the point of attack, it's not like, oh, we're just going to run power at him or we're just going to run ISO at him. You're going to put him in those RPOs. You're going to put him in those zone reads. What Much like we saw them do early on in the season when they played Micah Parsons, you want guys like that to have to think. You want to have the football going toward him. Do I take the quarterback? Do I take the dive? If I don't take the dive, now what's my leverage on Jalen Hurts? Am I trying? 
trying in some way to contain him as he's getting the football out in the RPO. You don't want that some of these great talents on the outside or some of these guys who understand pass rushing to a T to always know that they're going straight to the quarterback, to always know exactly who they have to beat one-on-one. You're going to put Nick Bosa in a quandary or a conundrum the entire day because if he's one step slower, if he's thinking for just a tick, that allows you to get the football out of your hand. That allows you to get a crease. That allows Jalen Hurts to break contain. Great players sometimes need to be at the point of attack rather than running away from them because that athleticism, that power, that speed, that agility doesn't necessarily come into play when they're having to use their mind more than use their bodies. Well, that is fascinating you say. It reminds me of the tape that Ninko did for us yesterday. Do we have that? Do we have the Nick? You know, because you made, you did a tape. We have it, actually. Ninko, you did exactly that tape on Bosa yesterday. Yeah, so the zone read here, it's, it's all about your eyes and your keys and stopping your feet. So you see Bosa here. He stops his feet. He sees the flash coming back for him, and then the ball gets outside of him. And then, again, if you're not able to stop the run and you're trying to get to the quarterback, here's a clip of Bosa getting up the field here. The tackle just turns his hips, pushes him outside up the field, and guess what? There's a huge running lane. Bosa right now hits himself in the head right there. Come on, <laughs> let's go. Um, it, it's, it's something that as, as a defender, an edge defender, defending the zone read, you have to be patient. You also have to understand the quarterback is reading what you are doing. So you have to make sure you know your assignment, and you got to do it fast. But the misdirection and the flashbacks are what confuse the edge defender. When you have a tight end coming for you, and you're looking at the mesh point, and the quarterback could either keep it or give it or drop back and throw it, those are all the different things that just make you think for a split second. Then he pulls it. Then you got to flip your hips, turn to the sideline, try and get to a good angle, and he's faster than you. And that's how Jalen Hurts has been so dangerous all year. But very quickly, we were sitting here last week, and every, every part of the conversation was about, is Hurts able to take the pounding? Can they put weight on him? All that kind of, Is that conversation over? I think, yes. See, I yes. don't think so. I think I don't it agree. is. I don't agree. I, I, I don't think they asked him to do that much for him to expose that, that clavicle injury there. He admitted, look, he's not 100%. He said it, right? He, he, <clears throat> It didn't really get tested, though. And do I think it's going to change the game plan completely? No. But I am curious to see how much, how much he's going to be part of this run game. I think they're going to be back to 100% of what they were before his injury. Well, they have to be. I mean, that's really yes, the question. They're going to have to be. They're going to leave, use, they're gonna have to do all his that His athletic stuff. ability outside on the edge in the red zone, that's when he's dangerous. Outside the numbers. Yep. I will come back to that as we go. Again, plenty of time to look ahead uh, to this weekend's championship games. Meanwhile, other news from around the NFL, including one coach returning to Dallas. However, a change does feel like it is on the horizon. You'll hear what they said yesterday, and we'll tell you what it means. Plus, another offseason, another beautiful mystery. Could Mr. Rogers be about to find a new neighborhood? And might it be right around here? We're talking about it. We're getting up with you on ESPN. Come on, get up. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. All right, our next stop is Dallas, where Dan Quinn yesterday informed the Cowboys he is coming back as defensive coordinator next season, that after taking three head coaching interviews. Here's the head coach, Mike McCarthy, talking about the state of the team and his future in Dallas. Listen to this. I'm excited about the future. I'm, I'm ex- the players give me great confidence and, and excitement and energy about this championship program that we feel like we're, we're building and, and have a chance to take it to the next step. As far as my relationship with Jerry, I, you know, um, just using his word, we're in an excellent spot. The partnership that we have, he's, he's excited about. He told me a number of times this, you know, this week that he wants me to coach here as long as Coach Landry did. And I said, okay, you know, that's, that's a long time. <laughs> that's just that's just so hilarious. To be clear, in case there's anyone who doesn't know, Tom Landry was the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys for 29 years, and Jerry Jones, the first thing he did when he bought the team was fire him. <laughs> so everything about Mike McCarthy saying that, that cracks me up. That said, RC, we've had a lot of conversations here this week. You actually kind of started it with us on Monday, um, that not everyone – it's not just a question of, well, he did a bad job, so he should be fired. But sometimes you need to make a change. So do you think this is a mistake, yeah. the way they're going about this? Um, I don't necessarily know if it's a mistake in going the way you're going with Mike McCarthy because this team did win 12 games. This team also got to the divisional round in the playoffs. And so you start to ask yourself, what coach out there is available that would be an upgrade? And obviously the first name that comes to mind is Sean Payton. I think another – name that would come to mind is Dan Quinn. And oddly enough, Dan Quinn is still on this team. Dan Quinn is still a part of this organization even though he's done everything that he needs to to be a head coach in this league again. He's gone on different interviews to have an opportunity to be a head coach in this league again. But now he's saying that he's staying in Dallas. I think that's interesting. The other piece of it is Kellen Moore's contract or Kellen Moore is under evaluation. And I'm going to tell you why. We always come on this show, get up on NFL lives on first take and we say the Dallas Cowboys the number one scoring team in the entire league well let me Mm -hmm. help you out a little bit with that the Dallas Cowboys have scored 229 points that are non-offensive touchdowns which leads the league that's 23% of their scoring so as Dak is turning the football over as we're finding ways to not have opportunities to spike the ball and get field goals kicked or as we're going into Dumbo formation because I don't know 
know what else to call that circus act at the end of the San Francisco 49ers game last week. And we're doing that and we're finding ways to lose. We're forgetting they score a ton of points because they turn the ball over and actually score touchdowns themselves. That's why Dan Quinn is still there. That's why Kellen Moore is being evaluated. And that's why Mike McCarthy, even though he's being told they want him to coach as long as Tom Landry, and maybe he wants him to coach as long as Tom Landry coached when he bought the team, which wasn't very long. <laughs> That's exactly right. I actually exactly just looked right. it up as you were saying. So, so Landry coached 29 years. In the 33 seasons that Jerry Jones was on the team, they've had eight different head coaches. McCarthy is the eighth of those. What do you think? Look, I mean, if you're Dan Quinn, why would you leave a good thing? Why would you leave a defense that is that productive and that great to go somewhere if, with a big question mark on how am I going to do in my second opportunity as a head coach? So let me stay in a place where I'm comfortable. I have a great defense and potentially have the ability to become the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, which maybe he wants to stay there for that reason. Maybe he understands there's probably a one-year window here for McCarthy, and if it doesn't happen, I have a great chance of being the next head coach. So I'm not leaving a good thing. I'm going to stay right here, and I'm going to use this defense, and I'm going to get better at this defense. We're going to be a great defense, and I'll have an opportunity down the road. When I first heard this yesterday, I was surprised that Dan Quinn decided to stay with Dallas, knowing how badly he wants to get back into those into that head coaching position. And these coordinators look at it as an opportunity. If, if not now, maybe it will never happen again. Who knows what this Dallas defense could look like next year, and maybe he won't get a phone call. It changes so much every single year. And, and you know Quinn wants another shot at that. So it makes you wonder what conversations were had behind the scenes between ownership uh, you know, and Dan, about the future of the Dallas Cowboys, for him to walk away from opportunity. And look, we don't know if he was actually offered any jobs. That's, that's another layer to this, right? right? Maybe these teams didn't hire Dan Quinn, right? And he just said, you know what, let me just back out of this now. I didn't get second interviews or, or however it was going to work. Although he did have a second interview lined up with the Colts on Saturday. That being said, for him, he must feel some security in Dallas for him to return. Well, look, I mean, if uh, Mike McCarthy is going to be there as long as Landry, then Dan Quinn can just be there. And in 27 years, he can succeed him as the head coach of the, of the Cowboys. Maybe that's what's been promised to him. It's a fascinating yeah. turn. They never do anything small. That's the one thing with the Cowboys. It's always either we're going to fire him or he's going to be here as long as Tom Landry. All right, much more on the football as we go. But history being made every night on the ice right before our eyes. Let's keep track of the Boston Bruins visiting the Lightning last night. Looking to keep pace with the best record in NHL history. Down one nothing in the second period. Brad Marchand. What do you think, Nico? Nice, Marchand. Come on, put it through. There it is. Little wrister. Ninko's become a Boston fan in his years there. They even the game at one. They're down 2-1 in the third. There it is. And it's Pavel Zaka tying the game Zaka at two. with the goal. Come on now. And then now we're under six minutes to go. We're still tied. And this is bad. Uh-oh. We got bad coordination. Take a look. The goal scored here because Linus Olmark is going to get taken out by his own defenseman. Down he goes. He loses track of the puck. Uh, and it is Victor Hedman who takes advantage and scores. And like that, the Lightning hand the Bruins what is just their sixth loss of the year. Now, despite that loss, Boston's still on pace for 64 wins and 136 points. Both of those would set new single-season NHL records. They will look to get back on track Saturday when they face the Panthers in Florida. Meanwhile, our next ESPN Hockey Night, you'll see Dylan Larkin and the Red Wings playing the second game of a back-to-back -back against the Islanders. Coverage begins tonight at 7 Eastern.
Uh, we will continue in a moment. Could a matchup uh, last year be the key to Jalen Hurts against the 49ers defense? We will show you why history might repeat itself on Sunday. And then we'll see if Nico can make history head-to-head -head with Hembo here. Here we go. Brock Purdy is going to start a conference championship game on Sunday. Who was the last rookie quarterback to start one? See what he thinks. Answers next. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals that's dell.com slash deals shopping for mother's day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute but macy's gift finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for mother's day whether you're shopping for your sister's first mother's day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. You're watching Get Up. We are presented by IHOP. And here we go. I, I think you got a shot at this one. Here we go, it. Ninko. Sneaky Hembo. So we got Brock Purdy starting a conference championship game on Sunday as a rookie. Who was the last rookie quarterback to start? A conference championship game. I know this one, Grainy. From your Jets, Mark Sanchez. That's correct. I knew he it. got it right. It is yeah. Sanchez. Finally. Yeah. It actually happened three times in a very short span. Sanchez in 09. Joe Flacco the year before that. Yes. Ben Roethlisberger a few years before that. The only other rookie ever to start one is Sean King in 1999. So that is well done. Score one for Ninka. What's the hair doing for him, on, Sanchez on Mark? Right that was uh, that was in, I guess. In I six, so. We'll have to call him and ask. Uh, in the meantime, let's do first impressions. Let's do the NFC game. RC, I'm going to start with you. First impressions is what are you watching for right at the beginning of the game that you think will be critical? Well, I think right at the beginning of the game, I want to see if the San Francisco 49ers are able to run this football. If the San Francisco 49ers are able to invert the line of scrimmage and be physical in between the tackles. Because if they can do that, they can negate this pass rush a little bit. They can put Brock Purdy in manageable third downs that allow them to do everything they want to offensively from a creative standpoint. Because if they can't, and the Philadelphia Eagles get to pin their ears back, and Bradbury and Slate get to lock up outside, that could be an extremely long day for them. Right, Ninko, how about you? What's the first thing you're looking for? Yeah, I want to see the Eagles run game against the 49ers defense on the edge. And I don't know if this is going to happen, but watch out. 
for reverses and a reverse pass. I feel like this is a game where you, you sprinkle in some gadget play, mm -hmm. where you put Hurts out on a route, mm -hmm. you go out to the flat, and then throw back to Hurts. Yeah. Oh, interesting. A little creative offense there. Diana, what are you watching for? First impression. Well, we know how successful this team has been using Jalen Hurts' mobility. And we know he's not 100% yet. I'm just going to be watching to see how much he's going to participate in the overall run game and how effective he's going to be in that. They're going to need it if they're going to want to beat this 49ers defense. All right, so look, if, if this is any sign, and it's a very long time ago, week two of last season, Jalen Hurts, that was the only time he ever started against the 49ers. And, and he wasn't the player he is now then, and this offense wasn't. The Eagles lost the game 17-11. to Jalen Hurts did run it 10 times for 82 yards against a defense that has a lot of the same players that this 49er defense does have now. So when they meet, again, that, that game hurts 12 of 23 for 190 yards passing, ran it 10 times for 82 yards and a score. Three of those runs went for 10 or more yards, including a 27-yarder late in the fourth quarter. Again, that feels like a very long yeah. time ago on RC. He is such a different player now than he was then. But we sort of scratched yeah. the surface of this conversation early. Does he need to do all those things? If that shoulder, it does still limit. Because against the Giants, look, that game was over so quickly. Yeah. They were able to kind of do whatever they wanted. If they are in any way limited on what they're comfortable calling from an offensive playbook standpoint, can they manage this game against the 49er defense? Well, one, I feel like we didn't watch the game intently enough last week. There's a run early on in the first quarter where Jalen Hurts keeps the football to the left of the New York Giants defense, and I thought that he was going to slide and not take on the defender. He takes on one defender, spins back into the pursuit of the rushers coming from the inside, and then takes on two more defenders falling forward close to a first down. That was the play I needed to see because it wasn't to me necessarily, will you call all the plays that puts that puts the football in Jalen Hurts' hands, which we also saw him score a touchdown late in the second quarter, rushing the football. It's not that. It's how does Jalen Hurts figure to protect himself? How does Jalen Hurts think about taking on contact? Does Jalen Hurts not want to gain or look for the extra yardage? And we saw him do that last week. And if, they, if he's going to do that, if he's going to be that comfortable, I believe that Nick Sirianni is going to call plays, going to scheme, going to strategize in a way that puts him in the best position to succeed. There's two more games left, hopefully, for the Philadelphia Eagles. You don't have the time to be playing protect the franchise when it comes to Jalen Hurts. You have to go win this game. And winning this game means putting Jalen Hurts in position to be an option both running, giving, and passing the football. That's where he's the best, and that's what I expect him to be able to do this weekend. Diana, you sounded concerned about that. When we, we touched on this earlier, and that's why I wanted to come back to it. You sounded yeah, concerned I, about headed, him being all the way. Yeah, I'm not heading into this game thinking that he's not going to be able to extend plays and be mobile and do all the things that, that, that Ryan was pointing out. But it's just another factor, knowing that he's not 100%. And that's not even reporting. That's him saying he's still not 100%. He feels better. But that's just got to be just another small little detail. Because that's the time of year that we're in it right now. It's the, just the small things that add up. What you were saying last week, Nico, you want to land on him. You want to make him feel you. You want to put all your body weight. That still applies, right? If you're the 49ers, you get a shot at him. Again, you're not trying to injure anyone, but you want to make him feel it. That still applies this week to the 49ers, right? Yeah, of course. You want to gang tackle. You want to get after him. But listen, this is the game within the game. You're not going to come out and say, nope. 
I'm 100%. The game plan is wide open right back to before the injury. I feel great. No, you're going to say, yeah, I'm still dealing with a little bit of pain and I'm uh, the percentage, I don't know. I'm uh. still, still rehabbing, trying to get this thing back. So the other team is like, all right, you still deal with it. But you, look, that's, that's what you do. You, you stay on the injury report. You're injured for a few more weeks. You only got two more weeks. He's going to be on the injury report for the rest of the year. Guaranteed. Gamesmanship maybe on the part of the Eagles there. Let's put the picks up on the screen. I feel like the conventional wisdom on this game has swung significantly. I mean, the Niners haven't lost a game in, what, 10 weeks Yeah, or but here's the it thing. It's only Brock Purdy's second road game. A rookie has never won in the championship on championship weekend. He's going to the Lincoln Philly. I mean, we are asking a lot of this young rookie quarterback to be able to pull this off. Can he do it? Yeah, maybe he can. But I just think it's because we had a tough uphill battle for him. No, no, there's no question about it. There's been so much focus on Hurts and his health and, and, and what this game may mean for him in the bigger picture. I mean, the quarterback to watch on Sunday is the rookie, Brock Purdy. In the meantime, let's go to the AFC game, an even matchup. So let's go tail of the tape here. RC, here's the impossible question. Who has the edge at quarterback in this game? Is it Burrow or Mahomes? I don't think it's uh, an impossible question. I think it's Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback. I think Patrick Mahomes is the more talented player. The thing is, this is not a UFC fight. We're not putting Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow inside an octagon and locking the cage. We're bringing out two total teams, and Joe Burrow has the players around him to make enough plays to win. But if you want to give me one quarterback on one field any week of the year, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. Ninko, who has the better defense, Bengals or Chiefs? Oh, definitely Cincinnati. You look at Lou Anarumo, the things that he's been able to do defensively, he is a game plan coach. So he is going to put together a game plan that best suits Cincinnati against this Kansas City Chiefs football team. They're going to find out early what that ankle is like with Patrick Mahomes. But you got to go with Cincinnati. They have a very good pass rush, great blitzing, blitzing scheme. Lou's done a great job with that football team. And RC, who's got the better offensive weapons, the Bengals or Chiefs? Oh, I mean, is this a question? Uh, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Hayden Hurst. It's absolutely the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals probably have the best skilled players in the entire league when you look at them as a group in totality. And all year we talked about the fact that Patrick Mahomes was going to have to make more with less without having Tyreek. The Cincinnati Bengals can be boring because they have players that turn boring into exciting. Now, that's exactly right, but none of them more exciting, obviously, than their quarterback. And if you haven't had a chance to hear this yet, I wanted to play it for you again. This was Joe Burrow as he was carving up the Bills last weekend after one touchdown that he threw. Listen to him on the field. Up fakes to the right. Now throws to the end zone. Caught by Hayden Hurst. Touchdown. I just, I'm him, and later he said he didn't even remember saying it, and I actually believe that. I don't think that was a like. I, I think he was just in the moment. So, and, and Ryan, to snag your 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 segment that you do with with Greeny, where he translates your tweets, can you translate this for me? Like, what is I'm him? No, right? that, it, it's a feeling that 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 we we every now and again. We feel that way, and it's so difficult to explain. It's kind of hard to put into words, you know, but when you're just in complete control of everything that is around you. I try Sometimes when I'm at home, I feel like I'm him, and then my wife says, no, you're not. No, exactly right. That's you need exactly, to start on I don't know what that means, it's Exactly right. No, I've, I've met your wife. She's her, and you're yeah, she's her. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who you are, but it's definitely not him. No. Meanwhile, RC, 
when he says I'm him, all of his teammates, because they brought that up to the teammates and they were like, yeah. they seem to, like they think he's him, right? I mean, everyone thinks Joe Burrow is him, yes? You know what's so crazy is Joe Burrow would eat by himself sometimes at LSU just to reflect, just to think on ball. And everybody kept telling me there he's just all about ball. He just wants to win. He just wants to be great. He just wants to be the best. When you see a player that's built differently, that's what that means. When everybody else is clowning around, when everybody else is focusing on certain things, and all they're concerned about is how we make the next play, how we take that next step. Those things energize you when that player is your quarterback and then when he takes the field against other alpha men right against alpha males against alpha dogs when all of these lions are on the field but one sits back and has the most poise one sits back and waits for the right opportunity to strike and one sits back and in the presence of all of these other lions doesn't even raise a hair that's when you know that dude is different. And when Joe Burrow goes into Josh Allen's stadium and outplays Josh Allen and his team wins going away and the Buffalo Bills are never in it and you have your top wide receiver doing the gritty with the double James Harden start, uh, step back and on the other side the top wide receiver is actually arguing and fussing at his, at, his, at his quarterback, then you know there's a difference between these players. And Joe Burrow is him. And as many people would say, you can call him Joe, Joe Snow, you can call him Joe Burr. Now he's just Hemothy Burrow. And Hemothy Burrow goes into Burrowhead and tries to get another big win against the Kansas City Chiefs. And we put the picks up there on the screen. RC likes him and, and, uh, and Ninko likes him. And I'm only taking Kansas City because literally everyone else is taking Cincinnati. And generally speaking, in my experience, when everyone thinks something is going to happen, it usually doesn't. But as RC is describing Joe Burrow, who clearly isn't the most talented or the biggest or the strongest of all the players on the field, but somehow manages to be the guy he's talking about, there's only one thing it makes you think of, right? You played with him for all those years. It, there's no, you just can't not let it remind you of Tom Brady. Yeah, I call him Elton Joe because sometimes he's got the glasses on and the jacket. <laughs> he's, he's got a little look to him. But anyway, um, yeah, Tom, obviously, when you're playing with Tom, he walks into a room, he commands a presence, and he kind of has that similar sit-back, observe, but then also lead and, and being calm. Well, sometimes Tom wasn't calm, but, uh, you know, being able to lead and, and you walk on a football field, all you want is to have confidence that I know this guy is going to put me in the best position to win. And we know Cincinnati with Joe Burrow, they, every single person has that confidence in Joe Burrow. Uh, you've got that game this yep. week, and, and you're around them a lot. I mean, what are you hearing yeah, about all yeah, this? Yeah, just to touch on some of the stuff that, that Rob's talking about, and we, we make this Tom Brady comparison, and maybe there's some people at home like, what, Tom Brady? We're really doing this already? You know, he's still so young in this league. But even last week when I was preparing for the Bills matchup, you know, Jordan Porter, who's obviously a veteran respected across the league as well, said he reminds me a lot of Tom Brady. And mm. the thing that makes him so unique and so special is when he's throwing to his receivers, there isn't a doubt in his mind that his guy is coming up with the ball. He just launches it knowing that they're going to make that play. He's got more confidence in his receiver than he does any DB from the opposing team. And having those guts and that courage and the confidence and that connection with a player like Jamar Chase, who, I mean, they don't even need to talk at this point in this season. That's how well they know each other inside and out. That is just adding to their success. i got two seconds. I, I also think you can't, you, you can't dismiss his athletic ability of 
getting out of the pocket, getting out yes. of situations. He can play, man. Um, he has great pocket awareness. So when you're rushing a quarterback and they can avoid the rush with their periphery and just the feel that they have, he has a tremendous ability to get out of trouble. Just consider his last four seasons. He won the national championship in 2019. His season ended with an injury in 2020. He made the Super Bowl last year, and here he is a game away from that. Again, he doesn't do a whole lot of losing. As we continue, something happened yesterday, pretty close to where I'm sitting right now, that could affect Aaron Rodgers' future in Green Bay, and quite candidly, it might very well change my life. We will dive into that in just a moment after this reminder that at IHOP, the $6 Rudy Tooty Fresh and Fruity Combo is mad. Two eggs, two bacon strips, and two fruit top pancakes. $7 at select locations. Dining only. Limited time at participating locations. Prices may vary. We'll be right back. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're watching Get Up. We are presented by IHOP. And yesterday we got sneaky big news. The New York Jets hiring Nathaniel Hackett to be their offensive coordinator. It is a move that adds to the speculation about a potential Aaron Rodgers trade. Hackett was Rodgers' offensive coordinator for three years in Green Bay. Two of those, Rodgers won the MVP. Here's the Jets coach, Robert Sala. He's got a proven track record of tremendous relationships with all the quarterbacks that he's ever worked with. And he's gotten great, great head head success with all the quarterbacks that he's worked with. The quarterback position, obviously, with all the different interviews, was the number one concern. We're committed to uh, finding a veteran. Uh, we didn't get into names. Did you think about his connections to any particular quarterbacks? You know, it's all surface level stuff, you know, Rich, because it, it doesn't matter uh, what the connections are. Um, everyone's got a connection to everybody in this league. That's our Rich Samini, uh, who covers the Jets, asking the right question there. And obviously, no one can mention a player who's under contract to another team, yeah. except me. I'm not in any way limited by that. So, Diana Rossini, you are here for one reason and one reason only today, and that is to tell me that the New York Jets are going to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Go ahead. Oh, gosh, you're obsessed. Um, okay, so I'm going to go with the reporting side to all of this first. And speaking with people in the Jets organization, I was told everything is on the table at this point in the season. Was Nathaniel Hackett hired for the sole purpose of bringing Aaron Rodgers to New York? I was told no. He was hired because he's a play caller, he has good leadership ability, and good teaching qualities, which is something that this team is focused on in regards to Zach Wilson. The plan is to, yes, bring in a veteran quarterback, have Zach Wilson sit a bit, learn, but is that veteran gonna be Aaron Rodgers? As of right now, 
we do not know. The only thing we do know is that Green Bay is looking into this, as Adam Schefter has been reporting over the last two weeks. What, Aninka? I'm the, sorry, that was not the answer you wanted. You were <laughs> on your phone, like, texting re, people. It's, it's good like, insight. It's, that's all you want. The, Aaron Rodgers is going to the New York Jets. There you go, Mike. Put it on the bottom line. Aninka. <laughs> I want to just say I don't care. No, Why? anyway. Yes, you care. Yes, you I, care deeply. I, I, I feel that if the Jets are looking for a veteran quarterback, like they stated, we're, we are investigating veteran quarterbacks. If you look out, if you look, what's available as a veteran? Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, it's, maybe Geno Smith. Yeah, it, it, that, those guys aren't going to be your answer. It's somebody that they would need to insert with a great number one, de- close to number one. They could great be great defense. One. They mm-hmm. could be a number one defense. Good defense, young talent, head coach. You get somebody familiar in the offensive system with like Hackett, and yeah, you bring in Aaron Rodgers, and you're literally trying to go after that that one season, kind of like what the Rams did. And kind of like what the Jets did with Brett Favre. And, and, exactly. and it was on its way to working until Favre got hurt. And, yes, the Rams did it with Matthew Stafford and won a Super Bowl. Look, each of the last two Super Bowl champions have been uh, teams that a, a, a veteran quarterback came in and won the title, right? Yeah. I mean, yep. uh, Tom Brady in his first year, Matthew Stafford in his first year. So we have reason to believe that this can work. Now, earlier this morning, Ryan Clark, he didn't rain on my parade. No. He poured on my parade. Mm, he he thundered and lightninged on my parade. He, he went after my parade. So, RC, <laughs> I will hesitantly give you the floor again. Well, who else better on this show to do anything at a parade than me? I'm from New Orleans. That's the love. <laughs> that's the place that loves Mardi Gras. I understand parades better than most people. On the other side of that, Greeny, I'm, I'm not saying that it wouldn't be a good thing. I'm not saying that you should be excited about getting Aaron Rodgers when you had to watch Mike White, Zach Wilson, and Joe Flacco play quarterback for your team this year. What I'm saying is Aaron Rodgers doesn't guarantee you a Super Bowl in New York. Aaron Rodgers hasn't guaranteed a Super Bowl ever. Aaron Rodgers has only been to one Super Bowl in his first ballot Hall of Fame career. Aaron Rodgers has fallen short not only on his own field against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but also his own field against uh, the San Francisco 49ers in the divisional round and his own field against the Detroit Lions this year. Aaron Rodgers is the two, was the two-time reigning MVP. Aaron Rodgers can still throw a football better than 99.9% of the humans that have ever walked this earth. But Aaron Rodgers going to New York doesn't mean that. Aaron Rodgers will be a mercenary. Y'all better win it in year one. Y'all better win it in year two. And you're telling me that with Nathaniel Hackett that we just watched be an absolute and utter mess in Denver. We're willing to go get him in hopes of getting Aaron Rodgers in which you felt like they were going to do in Denver but you end up with Russell Wilson and look how it worked so (laughs) what happens if we don't get Aaron Rodgers now Nathaniel Hackett that we saw in charge of new Russell Wilson is the guy that's going to be in charge of our new veteran quarterback yeah Greeny that's something to be excited about yay you know what I heard from all of that We're getting Rodgers, and it's going to work out. Okay, well done. We will see what winds up happening. This thing is going to develop over the course of a little bit of time. So is our morning here on ESPN. First Take is standing by, and they're ready to go. Who's going to have a bigger impact on Sunday, Burrow or Mahomes? First Take, we'll debate that and more. Molly, Stephen A., R.C., this big swagoo, and plenty more as the morning continues on ESPN. 
10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Get Up is presented by IHOP. The Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity Breakfast Combo is back for a limited time. Don't miss the Australian Open Women's Championship match. It's tonight, 3.30 a.m. Eastern on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. You see Arena Sabalenka taking on Elena Rybakina. Sabalenka in her first slam final. The reigning Wimbledon champ is in her second. All right, time for Best of the Week. This could be the beginning of something very special. We should change the name from Get Up to the Marcus Spears Special. Don't nobody care about your legs. No, no, no. Let this man cook. Don't nobody care if you can run. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Let him get it off his chest. We about to come in here and bust your head, man. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Happy National Compliments Day. We got something we got to do. I think that what we should be doing is lobbing any number of compliments in the direction of one Aaron Rodgers. You really trying to piss me off. (laughs) (laughs) Someone get me water. I've got something to water. Outside. <laughs> what is he saying? Zero socks. Give yes. it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Three things would survive if a nuclear bomb dropped. Rats, roaches, and a cowboy's face. That was funny, but it wasn't as funny as this. How am I going to do any better than that? <laughs> we had a terrible injury. I'm good now. And so Graziano's got a lot of protection. <laughs> Graziano is, is a hammer. And Hembo is a nail. Because I'm him. Yeah, you're him. I'm going to say the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, get out of here. I hate you, my friend. Okay. Okay. Did, did somebody order this? That's mine. Okay, very okay. much. Okay. okay, yeah. See you later. That's the best one of the year. Now, when you're him, you can get Uber Eats during the show. Uh, no problem. Absolutely no problem whatsoever. Diana, you're headed off to Kansas City. I am. I'm headed off to Kansas City. Big one. Arrowhead. We'll see how Patrick Mahomes' ankle holds up. Burrowhead. At yes, Burrowhead Stadium. Uh, listen, there may be some Bengals fans there, but that's obviously uh, a loud place. You yeah. know what it's like playing in that stadium. Yeah, it's very loud. It's very loud. And, and it smells it's, awfully good, too. Does. We'll be there for the draft a little later. Thanks for getting up with us. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll see you Monday. First take starts now.